0: Luke chapter 6, I'll begin with verse 31. I wonder if anyone would have stayed home if they knew I was going to preach on the golden rule. (laughs) I don't think so. We might have even had some more come. Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 31. As ye would that men should do to you do ye also to them likewise we always heard it quoted do unto others as you would have them do unto you but that's not exactly the way the Bible states it I'll read from the Matthew passage likewise in a moment verse 32 for if you love them which love you what thank have you for sinners also love those that love them and if you do good to them that do good to you what thank have you For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Now, the golden rule from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. You may be seated. Now, it appears that Jesus actually gave this golden rule commandment on two different occasions. The one in Matthew was on the occasion of the Sermon on the Mount, very early in his ministry. And so he spoke to them as he was teaching the Beatitudes and all the Sermon on the Mount. And and there are many wonderful things in that great message he spoke on the Mount of Olives that day. But the passage in Luke chapter 6 was in a different setting, So he repeated it. Luke records it there as he repeated it in another time frame of his ministry. It's important for us to understand that he meant it if he had only said it one time. That would have been enough. It's a principle that is essential in your relationship to God and in your relationship to your brothers and sisters and to people around us, even if they're not saved. It's a very important principle for us to live by, and we'll use just that that we are familiar with, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's a very important principle. You can't pick and choose. You can't decide, well, I'm going to treat this person nice, but I'm going to take it out on someone else, and I'm going to make them pay for what they have done, and we have this vengeance is mine I'm going to repay and we take that matter right out of God's hands who says he'll do that and we become responsible for it and we make a big mess out of things you can't pick and choose you have to do to everyone the way that you would like to be treated by everyone else we must treat people the way that we want them and other people to treat us you're planting seed and you will reap a harvest That individual may never be able to do anything towards you or against you or for you. But just the fact that you planted that seed and you treated that person in a correct manner, that's good seed and God will see to it that you reap a good harvest. It will come back to you. How should we treat other people? Let's look at this passage here in Luke chapter 6. The way we want to be treated, exactly whatever we would like To have coming our way we need to see that it goes out that way in verse 32 love everyone love everyone (laughs) again don't pick and choose don't screen anybody out it's inclusive love everyone the same way that you want to be loved you just want people to respect you to treat you right and have good feelings towards you if you only love those people who love you, then that's not enough. That's not nearly what Christ was saying. Look in verse 33. Do good. This is another principle of doing the right thing. Good things. Not shady things, not evil things, not hateful things. Good things. Verse 34. Lend. And that means not just. Uh, share it it means sharing it doesn't mean just somebody wants to borrow but you're sharing life you're sharing things you're sharing time you're sharing concern compassion love feelings and uh, goodwill as we lend as we share hoping for nothing again in verse 35 you do not lend to people for what you're going to get back with interest or whatever Now, I'm not saying that the banks are wrong in lending money and expecting interest, but I am telling you that as a Christian, we are to help people not for what we will get out of it and not what will be coming back to us, but without even hoping to receive anything back. It's not that we want that harvest so badly that we will sacrifice some seed. We'll take it out of the jar, out of the package, and we'll plant some good seed just because we're anxious to have a harvest. We know that principle works. We know it works. But that's not the motivation that we're we're driven by. We share, we lend, without any expectation of gaining anything back. In verse 35, love your enemies. So again, without any discretion, you bestow love on the people who are kind to you, the people who are unkind to you the people who may hate you and the people who love you and esteem you and respect you you love them in spite of everything that you know that's wrong about their life out of the Christian's heart Uncle Buddy Robinson who was the great Nazarene preacher and he was tongue-tied when he went into the ministry so tongue-tied that he couldn't preach God healed him Or Roberts was tongue-tied when God called him and God healed him but Uncle Buddy said that a Christian should be so sweet that if you punch him you'd knock 10 gallons of honey out of him (laughs) well if we get punched it won't be honey coming (laughs) it'll be anger and frustration and uh, we, we will be looking for a way to retaliate verse 35 be merciful even as your father in heaven is merciful And mercy means that you're not treating people on the basis of whether or not they deserve it or are worthy of it, have earned it, but the same way that we look to our heavenly Father for mercy, we treat other people that same way. We bestow upon them goodwill in spite of the things that we know that are wrong and not right. What we're talking about is that a Christian must determine the kind of person they're going to become you're shaping your character you're shaping your life and to a large degree you're shaping your destiny and if you're not careful what you're what you're putting into your life stream is going to be a torrent of evil things that you will begin to reap and the payback day is sure to come And so we've determined what kind of person we want to become. So we must make this decision. It's too expensive. I can't afford it. I can't afford to have hatred in my heart. It's too expensive. It's too costly. I cannot afford to have envy in my heart, be jealous of other people. So I will bless them if they prosper and if they're doing well. I will wish them even greater blessings. And I'm not comparing my lifestyle to theirs and wondering why God doesn't give it to me. But we see people being blessed and instead of envying them and being jealous of them, we pray that God will just continue to pour blessings upon them. If you plant those kind of seed, in the way that we want people to treat us, God will treat us that way, and others will treat us that way. So we must act in agreement with the Word of God. Here is the principles to live by, right in this book. You know, people will oftentimes say, well, I don't care what the Bible says. This is the way it is. Know that that you've got it the wrong way. If it's contrary to the Bible, it's the wrong way. The way it really is is the way God says it. And it will work. You give it a chance, it will work christ is our example we must pray to be a christ-like individual the word christian means christ-like are we worthy of being called christians are we like christ do we live like him do we walk like him do we talk like him do we think like him you're familiar and gary read it in a sermon just recently philippians chapter 2 beginning with verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus let this mind uh, be in you this frame of thinking this uh, mindset let it be in you the same way that it was in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not Robert to be equal with God and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself he humbled himself if we're going to have the mind of Christ we must be willing to humble ourselves We're looking for a way to groom ourselves, to improve our standing, and we want our resume to look good. We want people to think highly of us, and so we're constantly trying, and we're reading books on self-improvement and how to succeed, and we're trying to become good salespersons. But what is it we're trying to sell? Ourself? Are we trying to sell the likeness of Christ? Are we trying to sell the blessing of being a Christian? and walking with God and going to heaven, if we're interested only in money or if we're interested only in success or power or or privilege or the position that people would recognize us as being successful, he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. He became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Most people are not looking for a way to die. We're not looking for a way to crucify the flesh. Paul said, I die daily. Well, we know that he didn't physically die and have a resurrection every day. He meant by that he crucified the flesh, the old man, the carnal person. He crucified those desires, the things that were in conflict with the Spirit of Christ. Every time he wrote these words, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. When he found that contrary to that, he crucified whatever it was. If it was something about motivation in the ministry, if it had to do with the opinions of the other apostles or the success in Corinth or Rome or wherever he was, if he was trying to impress the governor or whatever, then he would have said, I can't do it. And be like Jesus in the flesh that's what he would be thinking but when he, he knew better than that he knew that if he lived like Jesus God would vindicate him God would bless him God would prove him to be the person that he really was and the person that God wanted him to be in verse 9 it says God highly exalted Christ and gave him a name that is above every name." if we humble ourselves it's up to God to do the promoting it's up to God to elevate us. It's up to God to help us uh, have more esteem in the other people's eyes. It doesn't matter if they don't esteem us. We don't want people to think bad of us and so, so we try to uh, avoid an evil report. Shame on us if we live a life that people are justified in saying they're a bad person. You know, they're not trustworthy. You can't believe what they tell you. They won't keep the word. I mean, we need to avoid that kind of reputation we want to be Christ-like and so humble ourselves, and God will highly exalt us and Jesus was highly exalted that every knee would bow before him and every tongue would confess that he was Christ to the glory of God the mind of Christ let this mind this mindset this thought pattern be in you he volunteered to make himself available to become a spectacle we try to avoid being a spectacle we don't want to be laughed at we don't want people to uh, sneer at us we don't want people to think uh, that we're you know er, in the early days they called us holy rollers It, it was a holiness movement like I preached a couple of weeks ago not much chance of them doing that anymore because there's not much rolling and there's not enough holiness My friend, Dr. James Brown, who's now with Christ, we grew up together and we we made up our mind one day in high school. It doesn't matter if they call us holy rollers because we're just rolling into heaven. (laughs) I'd rather be a holy roller and roll into heaven than dilly-dally into hell. That was our motto. But Christ humbled himself, became obedient unto death in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 chapter 1 and verse 4 here is a promise that I'll tell you how you can be like Jesus if you'll just remember write it down because you won't have time to look this up 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature promises exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises you might become a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust you know when we come out of the hospital we're faithful to wash our hands we don't want to bring any germs home and now on the walls in some uh, corridors they have these little things that emit foam that is uh Will help you to get rid of all the germs you take anything home that you don't want to corrupt and pollute your family and so it's a protective thing and the Bible says here that we escape the corruption of the world by taking these exceeding great and precious promises and be a partaker of the divine nature the nature of Christ is available in a moment we're going to lead you in singing to be like Jesus to be like Jesus all i want to be like him all through life's journey from earth to glory all i want to be like him great promises of god so it's obtainable it's something that certainly god wants us to achieve now i want to go back to the sermon on the mount matthew chapter 5 if you want to turn to that you can but i'll begin with chapter five, 7 verse 37 this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. In other words, whatever you say, let it be truth. Let it be truth. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. You've heard that it hath been said. Now you heard that this is the way people should uh, treat other words. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You kill my dog, I'll kill your cat. Tip for tat. You kill my dog, I'll kill your cat. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said, you've heard that. You know that's the world of philosophy. That's the way people live. I'm going to give as good as you sin. I'm going to take up for my interests. And for my, my And we, we're teaching children. How to de- self-defensive measures. If somebody hits you, wallop them good. Beat the daylights out of them we're teaching them to be violent and television getting all the help that it needs from parents encouraging the children to get in all these practices you've heard that it been said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but I say unto you that you resist not evil whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek turn to him the other also <laughs> I told you if you'd known I was preaching on the golden rule You might not have come tonight turning the other cheek that's what it's all about if any man will sue thee at law and take away thy coat let him have thy cloak whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile go with him twain I started to entitle this message tonight the second mile and so but I decided I'd call it the golden rule but those two are linked up together If people ask us to go one mile, be willing to go two. Go the distance. Give more than people expect. Be that Christian individual that will let people know that you are not just trying to get by by the skin of your teeth. You're not just trying to squeeze into heaven in the last moment before it's too late. I can always picture uh, back in the 60s, there was a song that was quite popular from Christian radio. There wasn't a lot of Christian radio back then, but well, they had this song, If I Can Just Make It In. And I had a visual picture of somebody just getting inside the gate and their coattail getting caught in the, gate, in, the, in the gate and they couldn't get any further. If I can just make it in. I want a grand entrance. I want great access. I want to walk down those streets of gold. I don't want to get stuck at the front gate <laughs> give to him that asketh thee from him that would borrow of thee turn not thou away Ye have heard that it hath been said thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy but I say unto you love your enemies love your enemies bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your father we want to show the nature of our Heavenly Father don't we I'm going to skip down to the last verse verse 48 be ye therefore perfect Woo! big big task be ye therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect that's our goal I don't know if anybody claims to have attained that yet uh, I was preaching teaching Sunday School on sanctification some months ago, and I got to this point, and I and I've said this in my class. <laughs> Brother Pettibone will remember it, and Gid will remember this. I'm not going to tell you everything that transpired, but I talked about the Pentecostal holiness, the Methodist Church, the Nazarenes, and others believe in instant sanctification as the second blessing. You get saved, and then you get sanctified, and then you can tear for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you needed to come to the altar and tear for sanctification. I don't know how they ever figured they knew when they got it my dad believed in a baptism of fire separate baptism water baptism baptism in the Holy Ghost but a baptism of fire in which fire would come down and he claimed to have received that I don't know I don't know Uh, you know that's getting on beyond what I I believe that the, the scriptures have promised but nevertheless Jesus said he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire so I think it's all linked together and there was a church in our neighborhood where I lived called the, the Fire Baptized Holiness. And they believed in a, and there's a funny thing about these people. The men did not wear a tie and the ladies could not cut their hair. They had long dresses down to the ankles and their sleeves down to their wrists. The men could wear short sleeves, no tie, and uh, I don't know if they wore short pants <laughs> back in those days. No, no man would be seen in public in short pants. <laughs> Times have changed. <laughs> I never wanted to, to display my knobby knees and varicose veins. <laughs> How would I get off on this? I'm talking about them fire baptized holiness and sanctification. When, when I got to this part, Sister Pauline Hires went to Gid Giddens, and I'm not going to tell you what she said. <laughs> but she said, I really messed up. But then she said, I got myself out of it before it was over with. Because she believed in that sanctification. She lived it too. She was a sanctified person. Everybody would agree with that. She was a saint of God. <laughs> she needed to change her vocabulary a little bit the way she described it. <laughs> Jesus taught us to forgive people. Peter asked him, how often should we forgive? 70 times 7. That means unlimited. Because nobody's going to count up 490 times that you've forgiven somebody. That it means just don't stop. Just keep on forgiving them. Forgive, forgive, forgive. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us the second mile means that we go further than what people expect or even have asked and there's an Old Testament illustration and I'll close with this when Isaac's servant Abraham and Isaac's servant went into Haran and was looking for a bride for Isaac they came to the well And the servant asked the maiden said give me to drink of the pitcher of water on your shoulder and so she gave him drink and said I'll draw water for your camels also think about that for a moment how many of you would want to draw enough water to satisfy the thirst of one camel I mean I don't know how many camels he had with him but several and she said thy camels also we're not even willing for the one drink much less the camels but you know the end of that story she wound up being the bride she wound up being the first lady of the land of Israel she was compensated she was rewarded for that beautiful spirit of going beyond what is expected it's what we call the second mile we don't stop short but we press on until we've done everything that we possibly can love your enemies, pray for those that despitefully use you, bless them that curse you, pray for them that persecute you, and be perfect.